That's your decision now, don't I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. For decades, buying a silencer has been difficult. But in 2005, Silencer Central set out to simplify the suppressor buying process. So whether you're planning your next hunt or putting together a range day, you'll enjoy every shot you take with Silencer Central, straight to your front door. I've been watching this dude. Uh, what is it called? Liver King? No. Liver King. <laughs> okay, so here's, 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 let's just start this off. Let's just start this off. Andy's here. Let's just start this off because I love this shit talk that I can, where I can run my suck with this. Okay, who are the fucking retards that thought this dude wasn't juicing? Who are these idiots? <laughs> like, oh my God, that's all natural. That, that guy was just like eating liver. And I'm like, that dude was orange or red or some type of color of the rainbow. Everybody that has like half of a fucking brain would be like, there's no way that guy's just eating liver and getting fucking monstrous. The there's no as, way. Same as during like the late 2000s when like Mark McGuire went from weighing like 160 pounds <laughs> and his arms pole. were like this big yeah. yeah, to weighing like 230 and having arms this big and just batting dingers. And like hitting baseballs several miles into the <laughs> yeah. low yeah. earth orbit. Oh, he's just, he's got a new trainer. He's People want to believe, man. I think do. People want to believe that if, if they just eat clean, <laughs> that they'll look like my favorite picture is him standing in the water with like the spear. And he has his abs have abs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah his shell. skin his skin is the color of I don't even know what color it would be. Um, do you guys know he recommends sunning your what is it balls perineum perineum? I sun mine every day. I was gonna say, have you guys gotten into that? Yeah, it's good for stretching. Yeah, it's yeah. a great opening to the day. Yeah. I found that out just by happenstance because I like to moon people, and then yeah. I realized when I was on like a marathon of mooning people, yeah, like You're I felt great. Yeah. yeah, just happier. What do you think would be different in his world, though, if he was just honest from the get-go? Because the reality is he does work super hard. He probably eats super clean. The fact that he lied about all that and then is, you know, kind of selling a tenants and supplement line and saying, hey, I'm going to sell this abnormal, super abnormal end state as the norm, which right. people buy into. But do you think anybody would have give given a shit? He's like, oh, yeah, and I'm on HRT plus enough stuff to kill a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think so. I don't think anybody would care. I, I don't either. But they care that he lied. But then I fall back to the same thing because people had asked me about it. And I always answer the same way. Like, is it humanly possible that he's natural? Maybe there's a genetic freak out there. I've never met anybody who can carry that yeah. level of muscle mass or be that lean yeah. naturally. It's no. the lie that people care about. Because, like, I used to be really into Olympic weightlifting. And, like, in that world, there's a, a lot weird of weird flex. It is. I mean, it, it has bearing on the, the performance-enhancing drugs. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. But, like, a lot of people in that world, like my coach, for instance. Are he you trying got, to say you were a competitive CrossFitter? No, 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 no. Different. Okay. Although I was very competitive at yeah. local meets in my age group. Yeah. 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 You would you would compete and exercise against other people. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did it just <laughs> mainly for the money. Big money in that. Local CrossFit, <laughs> local CrossFit meets. Big money. You can win, like, grab bags and stuff. But, uh... <laughs> The thing that, that the the steroid talk always people always forget is 
when you do those drugs, it doesn't make it, it – all it does is give you the capacity to work harder. Yeah, it's recovery. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I take steroids so I can go to the gym one day less a week. No, it just enables you to go to the gym like two or three times a day instead of what you could normally do. Yeah, if you took steroids and sat on your ass, it's not going to do much for you. Right. Other than probably completely jack up your liver and your blood. Give you boobs. Titties. And some people might want that. I just lowered my chair, and it looks so fucked up now. <laughs> Will you increase the height of your chair? Because I'm trying to go down. Why are you guys No, don't do that. That's horrible, man. <laughs> I was thinking about this. So I was thinking about this the other day, even though like we're just going to have like some schizophrenic ADHD topic fucking conversation here, which is might as well. Which is, I was thinking about, do you remember that series called dwarf like dwarf does golf or whatever yeah. <laughs> and it's no. it was the dude you don't remember this oh my god it was awesome dwarf or dwarf that, it's dwarf dwarf yeah. and D-U-R-F. it was a, yes it was a comedian who used to put shoes on his knees <laughs> and pretend to be a midget oh you i remember, this? remember this you remember yeah. this you, yes i did a tactical dwarf when oh. I was a private, it was one of the skits I would do. I don't think you that can, that would work in you can't. 2022. There's no way you could make fun of anyone in that circumstance today. But there's no way Blazing Saddles could have been done. There's Tropic no way Thunder. Tropic Thunder, <laughs> Blazing Saddles. There's no way. Dorf. Like Ernest, Ernest Goes to Christmas or whatever the fuck it was. Like I was watching um, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. And... I mean, there's nothing in there that is like would be kind of controversial today. It depends on the optic that you're using to view the world. Yeah, as a white cis male, which I had to look this up the other day. Do you guys know what this means? I know the words that you've used so far, but I get really over the front of my skis if you go any farther than that. I had to look that up because I was like, I don't understand what this means. It's actually Latin for like... um, heterosexual, normal, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah, I didn't actually know what it meant. Yeah, so I was like, oh, so... It's interesting that like people are still using Latin. So what I thought was interesting about this entire conversation was like, so you're using a Latin word to describe or clearly differentiate for pronoun usage, which is the 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 precursor to our language, and ultimately was not only to utilize and spread the Roman Empire but also then to implement Christianity and then spread that globally. But we're going to use Latin. That's what we're going to do in order to clearly differentiate for this, all these different language things. I, I just thought this, like, you know what, if you're going to do it, maybe just make up your own language now. Yeah, like, yeah. If you're going to be like so over the top ridiculous, just, they like, are just in, do it. To some just, degree. They if are. you look at the list, I think, of the last time I was wasting time on the internet and looking at looking for a list of recognized genders or pronouns. There's a lot. Over a hundred. And they're well into the realm of making up their own language. That's cool. Yeah, it's... That's cool. Is it, though? Yeah. I I love this. If there's that many... I think it's amazing. I love it. No, you don't. I do. I do. (laughs) You know why? Because it's like watching people wear masks everywhere. It's like, oh, okay, there's the crazy guy. Got it. (laughs) There, like, if you're wearing a piece of T-shirt material over your face and you think that that's going to provide some type of medical barrier between you and a virus, and in 2023, which is when this will come out, you have quite literally been either in a closet so you don't understand the, the actual science behind it, or you have convinced yourself of the most ridiculous bullshit, which I find 
fascinating because you see it in airports all the time. And I love it. I love walking around airports, looking at people going, that person is wearing the equivalent of a tri-blend cotton t-shirt, putting it in front of their face, thinking that they're going to protect themselves or others from a virus. I've said it on the show. I'm going to say it again. That's like putting a chain, chain link fence in your backyard saying, I'm going to keep the bees out. <laughs> well, they also take it off when they eat or just sit down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I between. like that. Like well, it, the, the, if I you're just eating, think... there's no room for the virus to get into your mouth because of the food. Yeah. yeah. When you're eating, you're not breathing in yeah, you're oxygen. Only, it's only food in there. Yeah. I just don't think people have ever been scared before in their life oh. to a degree that the pandemic scared them when it started off with. I don't think that most people are used to actually dealing with somebody with that something with that level of consequences and that mm. level of adversity. And I think it really fucked people up. Oh yeah. And I would like That's to awesome. think it was a warning sign and people are like, you know, I'm far less resilient than I thought I was. Mm. I actually made some really shitty decisions because I was scared. So what should I do? Maybe I should work on my resilience, challenge myself a little bit more. So then when the world challenges me, I can do better. But I don't know if that happens. Yeah. Go to no. www.fieldcraftsurvival.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get 20% off if you add. I thought about and Michael, do your yeah. taxes. I thought and about And yes, as an additional, as a throw in, you get a BOGO, which is a buy one, get one, which is you buy one, get your taxes done free by Mike Glover. That's, yep. a, that's that promo going on right now. I thought about becoming more resilient during. COVID and all that stuff, but I, what I really think yeah, should happen. Yeah, because you really probably didn't have any exposure no, to no, resiliency. No resilience. Yeah, what no. I came to the conclusion of is I just need the government to legislate more things to protect me. Yes. That's what we need. Have any of you? Mm -hmm. how, how, long, how long have we all worked for the government? I did Combined? 17. Yeah, so 17. I did 20 years. Okay, we're yeah, at 37. 20. Yeah. 20. So okay, 2020, let's so carry the one. Mike, help us here. 57 years. years of government service. Yeah. In the 57 years of combined service, has anyone at this table looked to the government for answers or to solve their problems? I actively look away from the government. <laughs> yeah, I think they produce. At any point in time, I need yeah. something solved with like coherent, logical process. I look away. Like the somewhere you go else. towards the government, the more of your problems are yeah. started. I think that a lot of people, and this is a total assumption, but I think that a lot of people look at the government as it is the government's role to solve those problems. And then I mm. think where we end up in this place where we're we're not necessarily getting anywhere and perhaps going backwards. Yeah, I, mean, I, and I, I don't know what the actual reason for that. I think if we if let's just have a normal conversation like we like we normally would, which is let's let's throw out a bunch of ridiculous theories and just quite generally pontificate about things that we have no idea what we're talking about from a position of authority though. from a position of <laughs> authority <laughs> let's just like have this conversation which is why is it <laughs> why is it that people look to the government to solve their problems i i'm gonna go back so i'm gonna go back i'm just gonna throw out some wild theories well i'm I have like, the okay. answer to this you have the answer. I have the answer. Okay, because everybody on YouTube and it knows everything. I quite literally, I've I've been been uh, down the rabbit hole and back on this, where it's like, what was the what was the 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 newest one that people were talking about, or somebody was talking about on the the internets, the YouTubes. Um, oh, so there's this like, crazy person that has a short position in my in our in our stock, which okay. is like, if you want to know what that is, go research it. And he just got like dump trucked in court last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. And they, 
uh, he didn't even file in the right jurisdiction. Like he's got some his former divorce attorney doing whatever he's doing. And I mean, the guy's a complete lunatic, right? Isn't that like having your mechanic do your tax returns? Kind of. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, the guy is like, I, I honestly feel bad for him because he's, he doesn't look mentally stable. Like, so, mm-hmm. but he has, he, you know, we've, we've had to like go to court with this guy. Right. But he's not mentally there. Like he, he's not all together. And, yeah, you name what that guy's like throwing out. He's throwing any and all things out, trying to stick them against the wall. Like he's a complete idiot. This is the same guy that made the news a while ago. Yeah, like he okay. he's just genuinely. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Like I really do because he 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 has something going on. I feel bad for the other people that are like not seeing that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this person is obviously not all together. You know, they don't they don't have all their mental faculties like sure he can put together a coherent sentence, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're he doesn't think that the world is flat or, you know, like, you know, the the, the sun rotates around the earth or what, whatever it is like he's, he's can't really put together a coherent and logical frame of, of reference in any way. And he just gets like dump trucked by us. But we have to defend against it. But you name it like they come up with all kinds of weird ass shit to to frame up whatever story they're trying to tell about, you know, BRCC this, this, this week or this month, which I don't know how relevant this is to this conversation now. Cause now I'm like way off. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, we're not two a enough. Right. Or that we're a bunch of Democrats or whatever it is. And I'm like, okay, well one, I'm not, but it's, it's okay. I'm not trying to defend myself on this again, but what it is, they're taking screenshots of like people in the company that have donated to the DNC or through oh, Act people, Blue. People have hit me up with oh, this. Oh, I know, dude. And it's like, so I pulled all the donations from the company. It was like eighty-five thousand dollars in donations. Eighty-four thousand of which were to Republican Party. And then there was like one thousand or two thousand or whatever it was to DNC. Through so, Act Blue. Here's the thing. So please. So I get uh, people hit me up. Yeah. It's interesting. I'll I'll put a post up about um, you know, honestly, sometimes it's not even the post that, like, I'll post the the reticle logo sure. from the coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, those guys. No, yeah. it's actually not on those fucking posts. Right. It'll be like, I'll post a picture of like the my backyard at the lake house. Mm-hmm. People, are like, why don't you fucking ask Evan about Act Blue? Yeah, yeah. How can you be? How can you be friends with <laughs> yeah, that yeah. anti two a cuck? And so they'll yeah, send yeah. me the screen grab. My question to them is: First off, is Act Blue? verifying any of this information because what it says is employer exactly if you give me and you both know me if you give me the opportunity to fuck with somebody (laughs) on a public stage yeah and i could go on to their opposite platform and do it it doesn't even say the level of the donation but i could maybe create 30 profiles at five dollars each and Mm -hmm. maybe cost me four hours my time (laughs) oh i'm all in i know it's it's like Oh, I, I've heard it, you know, because they're like, oh, well, you've donated to this. It's like it's a, it's a payment processor. And oh, yeah. by the way, I did because I donated to Tulsi's campaign when she yeah. was literally flogging the Clintons publicly over and over and over. And oh, by the way, I was right about her mm-hmm. before everybody else was. So it's yeah. like I I don't like rubbing it in people's faces. And ultimately, you know, what is it? Success is the... Uh, is your best revenge towards your critics or whatever it is. I don't even get into any of that. I like to just do what I do. And if people are into what we do as a company, if they like what we do, great. If they don't, they can fuck off. 
Like, I don't yeah. care. I already won, dudes. I have 900 employees. <laughs> like, yeah. I come into it in a company where I get to design and implement and roast coffee and hire people. It, I get to hang out with my friends. I get to, like, joke around with employees. Like, I built an incredible culture. I had over 200 people at our Christmas party in Park City. And we were talking about what we were doing in 2023. So I try really hard to put things into perspective because like the internet doesn't really hurt my feelings all that much. Like sometimes I have to answer to our customers where I do like, Hey, I'll answer to you guys. Like, did you donate to them? Yeah. I lost a bet in 2008 on the range. I lost a $500 bet. And oh, by the way, Tony Cowden also who ran for Congress, who's also a Republican was there on the range with me. We talked about it on our podcast. He remembers me losing the fucking bet. Yeah. And then I donated $400 to offset that $500 that I lost. Cause I was like poor and I was like, uh, I'm going to donate to the other side. It's 400 <laughs> because there's a lot of money. It was like 500, 500. I'm like, so I, I went almost there. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on with my life. Later, I started Black Rifle. All and, with the goal of being the yeah, Republican yeah. Manchurian Oh, candidate. yeah, yeah. I, I like how all these guys are like, oh, he's the Manchurian <laughs> candidate or whatever. I'm like, I, you're right, guys. I started like, and, and this is where I started to get like ramped up and super animated. I'm like, so yeah, I started shooting a 32 caliber black powder muzzleloader when I was six years old and going to rendezvous with my my dad, who's also a logger, and my grandfather, and my uncle, who's also a Vietnam vet. And I started really getting in bed in the Manchurian Candidate Pro 2A space at six. And then went to basic training at, at 18. Oh, no, sorry. I bought my first AR somewhere around there, too, because I was like, this is really going to look good. Still have it, by the way. It's a Colt. Uh, it's like the first original like Colt Sporter order model or whatever. Mm, yep. I, it's just sitting in my safe. You and then say I, that. I went and became an SF guy who we all know most SF guys are super libtards. Like mm. we know like that subculture, super liberal. Soft in general, I found to be just in, really, really forgiving, yeah, yeah. you know? That's where I had most of my first uh, homosexual experiences. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just experimenting. And, and then got out and then started roasting coffee in my garage. Uh, not not only started roasting it like way before that, but literally went paycheck to paycheck, roasting and shipping shit out of my garage, selling everything that I owned, barely getting by and never knowing if we were going to make it or not for two years while jeopardizing my marriage, my family, any and all of my friendships associated with all of this not knowing if it would succeed, leveraging any and all assets I had, maxing out my credit cards, because I knew. Eventually, I'd be able to donate $500 to Tulsi Gabbard. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, I'd be able to to totally convince the 2A community, walking around SHOT Show while working for the CIA, trying to give away samples of black rifle coffee in three ounce bags while getting laughed at by companies going, are you fucking stupid? What do these things have to do with coffee or firearms? I'm like, I just like guns and coffee. I think it's pretty cool, man. Why don't we try this product? All knowing eventually I'd get to this point where I just wouldn't be hardcore to a enough for some of these guys. And uh, You're never going to be enough of anything for everybody. The, the, the purity police out there, and I love all these dudes because – I don't listen. Like I said, I actually don't listen to it, but every now and again, stuff will boil up. And it's like my weekend split times are better than they could ever acquire in their life. 
because I've spent so much of their money, their taxpayer dollars, <laughs> shooting fucking ammunition. My weekend split times. And that's what I put everything into perspective. It's like, I don't listen to shit talk yeah. from dudes that can't fucking like clean a pie rack faster than me or have literally shot like fractions of what I've shot at, especially in this space. It's like all my friends are dudes that are like two A guys. And it's like, uh, whatever. So moving on from like conspiracy theories, which we're talking about, which I think are awesome. And then why that's so funny to me. And ultimately I already won in the context of like, we have a forge out here with like Lucas. I've got a fucking CrossFit gym. I was just down at UFC like fucking literally last weekend where we're getting ready to hopefully like do something with UFC like very, very soon, which I like think is throw bags of coffee people while fuck, they're fighting. Dude. This is going to be so cool. <laughs> Like, it's going to be so cool. Like, I get to go from a really cool family environment. Like, I got two beautiful kids. I've got my daughter here at work today with, like, my dogs. I get to come into a company. I get to hang out with guys like Jericho or you or whatever. And I get to invent and curate and do a bunch of epic, incredible shit. And I get to, like, give a bunch of money back to our, our community. Like, that's pretty cool. I I, I won. I got it. Like, yeah. so, like, wh whoever fucking is on Twitter running their suck, once again, they can't compete with me even on their best day on my weekend on my split times the only mistake and you can make would be to put too much energy into listening to that because you're never going to be able to satisfy everybody no I, even at, a, at an individual level i right? have like, to talk about it because there are people that ask me about it all the time they do they ask me because they see it i'll get guys like taxi me like hey man you all right i'm like yeah i'm working out in my fucking nfl <laughs> like gym like what do you mean you mean the one at the company that you built yeah uh, you mean sales are up 38%? Yeah. Or we just, we had the largest coffee launch in Walmart grocery history. Yeah. I, I'm doing okay. Just so everybody's, but this guy I want Twitter, everybody to yeah, hear it from me. With the eggshell logo said, you're yeah, a cuck this, for the this, Democratic Party. But this guy on Twitter said, I'm like, you know what, who I care about? I don't give a fuck about those dudes. Hold like, on. Hold on. And Twitter is a cesspool for humanity. It like, is. It is. But- we need Jericho and I had this conversation this morning. We need to talk about the cuck chair in hotel rooms. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Every Did hotel. You see that that <laughs> every meme hotel. Around? Yeah, it was I awesome. I sit down for. I saw that and I was just like, hmm. Yeah. Fuck me. There is a. Cuck. There is a cuck chair in yeah. every hotel room. And it makes you wonder. And I put it there. <laughs> I started as a Manchurian candidate. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't left many marks on the world, but one of my proudest is the cuck chair of all hotels in America. Single chair, Single usually chair. in the corner, pointed at the well, bed. Glover just Glo looks like sadness. Too tall to use the sit Glover, and put your shoes on. Glover and I, that. yeah, yeah. Glo Glo Glover and I were talking about this yesterday morning. I was like ranting at like eight o'clock in the morning. I, I, I get like, I'll get you know four hundred eighty grams of uh, coffee in me around eight o'clock in the morning. I'll start calling people, and it's like. It, it is fucking lunacy. It's like about like this yeah. podcast. And we were going off because somebody was accusing Mike. I was calling, I called Glover. I was like, hey, man. And there's some guys out at, at like at SIG or somewhere, and they were saying like Mike had misrepresented his, his background. And I was like, I've known Mike for 10 years. I know exactly his background. I know it in like painstakingly, yeah. like, like you guys had a crazy amount of overlap. Incredible detail, right? I've known him for 10 years. It would be impossible for that dude to have survived in any way, shape, or form in social media if he had misrepresented his time in service at the unit that he was in. Impossible, by the way. Like, people would have fucking oh, yeah. demolished this yeah. guy. And 
I'm not even, I'm not saying this because Mike is one of my fucking closest friends. I'm saying this because people out of jealousy, envy, and greed, they will do any and all things to tear somebody down and make them look bad because they'll look at Mike and they'll be like, that guy's killing it, right? Mm -hmm. The worst offenders are people who come from those communities too. That's what I'm saying. They are the absolute worst, and Mm -hmm. I don't think they realize that it makes the entire community look like a bunch of asshats. They think that their marketing is, I'll tear somebody else down because I, maybe they're just a a decade ahead of you, you know, or a a half a decade ahead. They got out and they started looking around and they went down a path and you were still mission focused, which is awesome. Stay as long as you want to do whatever you want to do. But tearing, if your marketing is, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk shit about somebody else. Like, dude. Yeah, and at the end of the day, those, fucking grave those people with a that, garden hoe. that shit talk, you know, and a lot of it comes out of the ranger. Com- my community is because they're. I thought uh, you guys fuck, are always leading the way. Yeah, fuck seals and fuck these guys and fuck these guys. But it's at the end of the day, it's because the people that talk that kind of shit are fucking cowards and they're scared to be vulnerable. They're scared to put themselves out into the world. Right. So, well, like they 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 twisted the narrative into I'm a fucking quiet professional rather than. I'm a fucking coward who's scared to have their life inspected like those other guys are willing to do, like Mike is willing to do. He's like puts himself out there and 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 puts himself in the crosshairs of all these fucking weirdos. And that takes courage, right? Because at the end of the day, like too, I think we talked about it before. Well, if you're a person that has 20 years of experience in the soft community and then you leave that community and you don't share any of those lessons yeah. learned from that amazing time of your life, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Think about all the great things you can teach the next generation or just people in general from yeah. operating in that environment at that level for that long. And then you get out and you're like, I'm a quiet professional. I'm not going to talk I about think it's it. actually Fuck the you. best way you can pay respect to the people that like molded you into who you were. Cause I don't know about you guys. Like I, so I joined the military when I was 17, still a junior in high school. Um, left like, whose phone is that? That's Derek. <sighs> Son of a bitch. Piece of shit. Piece yeah. of shit. But could, if I had gone to college, I would have failed. If they had to give me like a dorm room and a meal card, holy shit. I don't even know what the fuck I'd have been getting into, but it wouldn't have been schoolwork for sure. So I showed up at the SEAL community, I think I was 19 when I checked in. I turned 20 on an airplane to Korea for my first foul eagle Hell yeah, exercise. You did. And, uh, the people that I was surrounded with, I, I I won the lottery with my parents. They were fucking awesome, work ethic, uh, great relationship between my mom and dad. So I, I definitely won the lottery there. But leaving the home, I was surrounded by people. And I remember my first LPO. He was like on his eighth marriage. <laughs> and deployment. <laughs> those, oftentimes those do, they parallel each other. He was, <laughs> they do. He was like on his eighth deployment and ended uh or, or uh, in his eighth platoon, which is a Pump. two-year cycle pre-9-11. 18 months training, yeah, yeah. six months of going to just super dodgy places like Japan and Guam. <laughs> thank <laughs> thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you for your service. But yeah. I look, I mean, I, I if that guy had laid coals down on the ground, I was like, okay, this is what you're going to need to do to, to, to thrive here in this community. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to crawl through the coals. Yeah. I was surrounded by people who mentored me, and they got all of that knowledge from peacetime. And I actually think he got out before 9-11 even kicked off. So he existed in this gap. But the lessons that he learned were from the generation before, and it has to be passed down. Mm -hmm. And to think that it can only survive in the military, like, I can't thank those people enough. Like, my parents, obviously, like, I'll I'll be grateful for them for the rest of my life. But also the people that stepped in when I was at that super malleable age, how can I not 
at least try to pass that knowledge on. Because right now, uh, I think people are really in need of that guidance. Like we were talking about before, like why do people make shitty decisions when they're scared? Because it seems like in the modern era, the goal should be to avoid adversity. Like, right. well, I'll just hit this app for it. I'm not going to do shit. And I don't want to do the hard thing. And I want somebody else to solve my problems for me because I'm scared. And that to me, like, what did we used to do? I, I, I could literally describe soft as you're presented with a problem and your job is to solve it. Not go find somebody else who can solve it. Mm. Here's the problem. Here is some fuckhead in a country that's really hard to get into that is in a compound in a village in a geographical area that's almost impossible to get to. Right. And I need you to go there at a time that's the most advantageous for you and disadvantageous for him and likely shoot him right in the fucking face. And, it, and when given that target package, how many people at this table are like, man, yeah. maybe take a few doors down yeah, and, like, yeah. and see if they'll do it. T take it over to the CAD guys. They're so much better at us <laughs> they, than over here at, they are at Damn Neck. And no, it's like, true. no. You would, they are, for sure. They can have it. <laughs> They're not as handsome. <laughs> the whole job was presented with problem, solve problem. Like, mm -hmm. it, I mean, obviously I'm reducing shit down to a very binary level, but our job was to solve problems and it, not outsource them. And it changes the way that you view the world or it does for me. Like, I don't look for anybody to solve my problems. The no. first thing I do is I go find a mirror and figure out what I'm doing wrong to at least impact I thought that was going to go a totally different direction. I, th I thought you were going to say I, was, I find a mirror to do my hair to well, get ready. Well, that's always on me. I mean, what okay, are cry, what do cry pants even for? They have like 16 <laughs> pockets and you need to have like yeah. <laughs> I mean, a step further than that is you go to any outstation during like the height of the GWAT and you look at all the different units that were there. Yeah. They would have beat each other's asses for targets. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was oh, competitive. Well, like, first off, mm -hmm. everything is competitive in soft to include – whose selection process is harder. But yeah, you're, you're not a constant flex. Yeah. I'm not going to roll over as like, if we're co-located and be like Jericho, pff, this target is too hard for us. I need you guys to take yeah. it. This, <laughs> you would have to beat me to fucking death to get this. You're, you're walking over to, you're walking over to Ranger Regiment. Yeah. Hey, check it out guys. This target's way too hard for we us. We can't solve it. We can't <sighs> solve this. There, there is what we need is that will remain nameless that that happens yeah. several times. With, <laughs> um, but, you know. but if that's your job for a decade in, the post 9-11 world, you develop a headspace where there's not that many problems you can't reverse plan, you know, plan yeah. yourself back from and figure out how you're going to accomplish that. Right. And in none of that are you looking to other people to solve the problem for no. you. No. No. You're yeah. like, stay the fuck away. This is yeah. mine. Yeah. I, I'm going to solve this. I got it. Correct. Don't worry. I got it. I spent my entire career just trying to get into places where I could go, don't worry about this. I got it. Yeah, stay out of my shit. Yeah. Stay out of my shit. This yeah. is my shit. Leave me alone. Just, like, give me what I need. Because the other thing that people realize, like, I realized this was, it was later, which is goes back to our trust in the government whole thing, which was bureaucrats in charge of specific things knew literally next to nothing. They were fucking idiots. Like, full-blown lobotomized morons. What they were doing in Afghanistan... <laughs> He's laughing because he knows it's true. Yep. You were, I was watching this going, this is not real, right? Like, we're not doing this. There's, like, another secret government entity running the war. This is just, like, the fake war that we're <laughs> pretending to run, right? Is this, this is it. So then I tried to go get into the secret war. It's like, <laughs> hey, man, got to go to that secret war because that's where the shit's really going on. And then you get over there, and they're like, oh, this is even more fucked up over here. No, no, these guys is, don't have oversight. This is really this what is, we're doing. This is really, this is what yeah. we're doing? Holy shit. 
<laughs> like, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, you I, pull I, back the curtain, and there it is. The donkey I, with the fly buzzing around its head. <laughs> like, son of a what? bitch. Wait, no, what? <laughs> Hold oh, on. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. The dream was to sell enough premium coffee to be able to build a support network of veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. Thanks to your support, all that dream has become a reality. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders here in the United States who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee right here in America. The coffee is truly one of a kind, but it's your support that gets the gear, funding, and supplies into the hands of those on our front lines. This year alone, your support has helped BRCC expand our team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. Black Rifle was also able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022, all thanks to you. You can purchase at blackriflecoffee.com. You can also find Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores near you. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. For decades, buying a silencer has been difficult. But in 2005, Silencer Central set out to simplify the suppressor buying process. So what happens when you buy from Silencer Central? Well, they help you find the right silencer for you, they handle the paperwork so you don't have to, and they give you a free NFA gun trust so you can share your suppressor. Silencer Central allows you to pay while you wait. They make sure your purchase is carefully prepped, packaged, and protected until the moment you're approved. Once approved, they deliver it straight to your door. So whether you're planning your next hunt or putting together a range day, you'll enjoy every shot you take with Silencer Central, straight to your front door. Yeah. Hold on. I, I was in a meeting. I've told I don't know if I've ever told this story in the podcast, but I love this. I love this story. So I was in a meeting with the director had come over to Afghanistan and we were going around the table and they were talking about the 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 post withdrawal or the post military withdrawal effects on Afghanistan and what was gonna happen. All these dudes were walking or like going around the table and they were all telling the director, like Oh, uh, sir, the capabilities of the Afghans are absolutely incredible. They've been able to to completely modify and adapt to Western-style training. Their logistics haven't been any more squared away. The Americans have absolutely done everything possible to get these Afghans to full capability, mission mission readiness. We're, we're ready to go, sir. We're ready to go. And it was just like <laughs> one guy after the other. And it was like a fucking, per, like, like a self-sustaining jerk-off festival with yeah. a bunch of fucking... Idiot bureaucrats talking about Afghanistan when none of them have ever seen Afghanistan or felt Afghanistan in any way, shape, or form outside of looking through a three-inch bulletproof window. Like yeah. that's literally the way that they they they, they viewed the entire yeah, war. From like fob it gets to, to fob me. to fob. So it gets to me. And at this point, like I'm in full fuck it <laughs> mode. Like I don't give a shit about any of this stuff. Like I'm like full, like this curtain's been pulled back. I don't care about any of it. Like I haven't had a solid shit in over a year. Like I, all my pants have stains in them because I have shit every fucking pair of pants that I own. Yeah. And and I go and they're like, oh, so hey, uh, so Mr. Hafer, what do you think? You know, and I'm like, this place is gonna collapse like a dying star. And there, and I was like, dying star. It's where energy begets energy. It creates more force based on force itself and it just sucks it's all and they're they're all looking at me with their mouths open motherfuckers. and they're all looking at me and i was like what is there no carl sagan fans here <laughs> it, w- what it is and then I, try, I tried to explain it again and then pretty soon i was like listen i'm gonna shit my pants i gotta leave this <laughs> and i just got up and left because i was like i don't give a fuck about this place at all and this was in that that was 2010 ish mm-hmm. when i said that 
And what I said was 10 years later mm-hmm. when I was like, energy begets energy and it fucking collapsed in on itself and basically the whole place is fucked. Yeah. Where there were guys in that room talking about how capable the force was and how we have invested all of our time, money, you know, blood and treasure, and this is ultimately worth it. And I'm like, the, you guys are so fucking stupid. That was right around the time yeah. when the most elite Afghan soft unit burned down their hooch at my outstation because they decided to start a fire on a plywood floor. <laughs> here's here's what I'm going to say. If you want to get an understanding of what we were talking about encapsulated in one video, Google Afghan soldiers doing jumping jacks. There you go. That's all you yeah. need. Yeah. That's all you need. It's, it's a visual mm-hmm. representation of what you guys are talking about. Well, and, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, like we have, like we worked with, I worked with a ton of like super squared away Afghans. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is none of those really squared away Afghans were in charge. Mm-hmm. And just like none of the really squared away Americans were in charge. Yeah. It was all like the lower level because- most, I think, most soft guys, if they were given a task force with uh, the ability to define ROE in unlimited resources, they could have solved the Afghan provincial problem in 90 to 120 days. Uh, like, literally. Mm-hmm. It, because I could see it. I could see everything. Like, like it was like watching the Matrix or looking at the Matrix. You could see it. You're like, we know how to solve this. The problem is, is we don't have the stomach to do it. Yeah, because what it would take is not politically palatable, and it's not. It is sustainable for a very finite amount of time, but what it's going to take is a lot of blood. And what ultimately you have to do is you have to commit yourself to that act. And what you're doing is you're committing the United States to that, and nobody was willing to do it. They they just weren't. They they wanted to be in this purgatory like. I'm going to be in a soft grind, you know, soft porn, fucking Skinamax, like, you know, war for 20 fucking years where we can just grind out taxpayer dollars yeah. at the tune of fucking a trillion bucks, where that becomes more important than actually winning yeah. because there is no win. The win is the military industrial complex gets fucking paid, son. Yeah. That's the win. Oh, if they we were paid. to win, then the checks stop getting stroked. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. And who loses are the good Afghanis that are trying to protect and defend their country and the Americans that go over there and serve and sacrifice. Like, that's who loses. And the taxpayers lose long-term because they have to foot the bill. And instead of investing a trillion dollars in American infrastructure, we did it in Afghanis. And then the big... The big lie comes to fruition, right? Where you're like, oh my God, we have all these problems with infrastructure and energy and power and resources. And it's like, because you spent a fucking trillion dollars well, <laughs> transferring wealth from the taxpayer to the military industrial complex. That's what you did. The other thing that's super fun about that is we were totally tied to this war fighting fucking tomato thieves for 20 years. <laughs> But then we like put Russia up on this huge yeah. fucking pedestal, like ooh near peer, and they're getting their fucking asses handed to them by like housewives and dudes that worked at McDonald's fucking six months ago, <laughs> because that's a huge paper tiger too. But in order for us to continue to just pump money into the military industrial complex, we had to be like, oh, we know that we're 
we're spending all this money in, in Afghanistan, but we also have to really be worried about the near peer, Russia. Yeah. We gotta fucking yeah. keep pouring money in. We we have to worry about a country that has the economy the size of New York. <laughs> we're really concerned about it. Yeah. It's How really do you think that conflict ends. How does it end? Mm. Which one? Uh, Ukraine. Ukraine? <sighs> I mean, you've been over there. You saw it firsthand. Yeah, it's. Is it a Ukrainian uh, uh, Ukrainian combat belt? I, I don't like. He, is I, there a I, ribbon for that? He yeah, I have he a tattooed yeah. on my chest. Good. Why would you not? <laughs> but uh, it. I don't think it ends with Putin still in power, and if it does, it's it's him, just flipping uh, his definition of victory into something else and stopping. Right, but I, I don't think that. he's going to do that. Yeah, but. I have some fucking questions about Ukraine, especially having been there. But what are they? Where in the fuck is all this cash going? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, where in the fuck is Ukraine? And I was like, good oh, God, man. Like, no, you could have just watched on the jet going over. It's next to Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, where is this fucking cash going? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, these are the things I don't understand. We should be getting smarter and requiring more insight as to where the taxpayer dollars are going in these wars. As a country... Like, how about in general with taxpayer dollars? In general, how about if you are going to require I report any transaction over six hundred dollars on PayPal and Venmo, and then I can flip the page in the newspaper and it says the DoD cannot account <laughs> for thirty nine percent of their budget, <laughs> yeah. which we ran the numbers on that the other day. It's six hundred and like forty nine billion dollars missing out of their one point six trillion dollar budget. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, the, so the U.S. government is the largest employer in the world. Did you know that? No, I yeah, think I did know. That. I, I that read that. Sense, I read that statistic the other day. They're the largest employer in the world. Hmm. I thought the Chinese government would have been, but thirty-nine percent of the DoD budget is unaccounted for. That's totally fine. You know what? <laughs> you know what as, that as is. A public, as a publicly traded company, <laughs> like I would lobby. Like let's 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 look at what you know, loosening up the criteria to just really you know, like let's just open that up to whatever the Fed does on their side. We should have to do that from a publicly traded company well, perspective. That it, seems fair. As an right? individual filing my taxes, I should be able to report thirty nine percent of my income. I don't know where it came from. I don't know or where, where it it's is. Going. I, would, I just can't pay taxes on that correct. 40%. I don't want I don't know audit. where it is. Yeah, no audit necessary. Yeah. It's missing. Uh, I don't want the government to do background <laughs> checks on 40% of my firearms purchases because I want some automatic guns and maybe like a tank or some shit. Maybe like an AT4. Like you I should would, be able to just go and do whatever you want 40% of the time. And I would love, I bet if the, the people who are still active duty right now, the repercussions of this are probably going to the lowest levels. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like, some E4 they're, somewhere yeah, yeah. is yeah. getting just crushed. His his room yeah. is getting fucking flipped. Like, hey, I know you got a fucking Nods Mountain here somewhere. <laughs> Those things are like 80 bucks a pop. Let's go. Let's yeah. find them. We're missing seven of yeah. them in the platoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, when I flip back to Basra circa 2009, there was a field of Cummins generators that were, each one of those generators were the the size of a semi truck. They were give or take a half a million to a million dollars a piece. And when the Iraqis ran them out of diesel, they just parked them in the field because they didn't know what was wrong. <laughs> and there was a field of them. <laughs> Example you, number one, friends. Shall we go on? Was it you or Glover who tells the story of you roll in and there's this lot full of just armored fucking G-Wag? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Went. it was G-5s because these fucking retards ordered 
G5s, like Mercedes G5s, like the big boxy G5s. Those are like one and a quarter million they, dollars a piece. No, right? hold on. They are because they're built from the ground up in their armored vehicle. They're not retro. It's a full packaged one to $1.5 million a piece. Level <laughs> seven armored vehicle. They flew them into Baghdad and they're like, hey, here's your vehicles to go out and do Intel work. Really? Because low vis says nothing yeah. like a million dollar vehicle you for you to drive around. Baghdad in 2005. Just tuck it right in between the Jenga trucks. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. What do you think happened to all those? They got parked in a giant field. What and what we did is we drove them back and forth to like the gym or the pool <laughs> with the RPC. So we're trying. <laughs> the Royal Palace Complex. We're driving around G wagons. Like, looks like I'm going to try to go over and pick up some bitches at the pool. Maybe there's some Australians over there. Where do you think those vehicles are now? I guarantee they're being taken care of. In the most high regard, just like everything we left there. I bet there's like a lot of plants growing out of them. They're they're a, they're a fucking garden. Driven now. until the tank runs out of gas and then yeah, parked. and then parked because yep. they're free. Like they're free. God, the things that I saw, like we were rebuilding a base. This is like one of the funniest. I, I we were we were out in uh, Basra back in the day, and uh, there's this river called the El Shat Arab in Basra, and uh, we were rebuilding the base. I was getting ready to jump it back somewhere else. Like So we had this base, and we'd been there for years, and I was getting ready to move it. We're turning it back over to the Iraqis. We stopped construction on one of the facilities, and the next day we started destruction <laughs> because we had to destroy it before yeah. we left. It was the most ridiculous thing. I was like, why are we... Hold on. So... The contractors that are leaving that we're paying to fly in here, the contractors that they flew in to build the facility, finished it, and then they were paid to destroy the facility. That's job security. The next day. It's awesome. It's awesome. Like, you can't make it up. You're Dude, like, we built a fob on my last deployment because uh, we were co-located with the ANA when we first got there, which is not ideal. Lucky. Yeah, not ideal. Smelly. <laughs> So we build a fob and, you know, they, it starts with just HESCOs that are empty and right. you need gravel or dirt to put in there. And they paid a local contractor who claimed he had a dump truck seven figures to deliver gravel, which he did not. <laughs> <laughs> what was their solution? They paid him again. <laughs> it's a cultural thing. It's just a cultural thing. We just have to get past it. It's, cult it's their culture. It was fucking insane. And then I think they closed that fob down to rotate uh, one more rotation after I was there, or they gave it to the you know, they maybe gave it to the ANA. This you know? is what this is this is like. You can't help but laugh. Like uh, honestly, whoever's or listening or watching this show, you can't help but laugh because if you don't laugh, it will make you cry. Just yeah. how fundamentally incompetent your government is at literally almost everything it does. And for people to just question what it's doing and just get used to this, because that's the other thing like during COVID, people are always like, I can't believe you're questioning the government at this point. I'm like, hey, dude, <laughs> I worked, worked for the for government. government. Yeah. You should be questioning everything it does all the time because it's it's not like they're it's not as if they're 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 malicious or there's like a cabal of Illuminati. It's no, they're just like there's there's a lot of really stupid people that are your elected representatives that are there's not only stupid 
They're also driven by greed, yeah, they're self-serving. ego, like driven by a bunch of really fucking horrible things. And they're the people that are control. They're they're in control of all these entities, and it's trillions of dollars and lots of power. And they have a series of other bureaucrats that really want to lick their boots to to keep their jobs and be politically appointed. It's a really bad system that you should be questioning all the time, all the time. Don't me, uh, and once again, I'll, I'll say like, don't get me wrong. I love America, like I, I love it, but. We can question the government here, which is really cool. I, I like the whole thing is like, this is pretty epic, man. We don't live in like China or fucking some of these other places where we'll get locked up for having this podcast. Not yet, at least. Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Germany. It would almost be cooler if there was a cabal of Illuminati. Wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be better than the actual truth, which it's it, it's <laughs> incompetence. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wish that there... Well, I don't wish that there was a... Actually, what the fuck does cabal mean? Does it just mean group? I I will go on record right now and tell people I cannot define cabal other than <laughs> a group of malicious actors yeah. conspiring with one another. But I, I can't like read the actual definition. So, it's the same as a menagerie? I don't know. We had a whole thing called a symposium the other day. It was on the yeah. calendar. Yeah. That's a group And I went together. into HR. I was, I was talking to one of the guys in HR. I was like, check it out. I don't go things I don't know what they mean. I don't know what symposium means. And I'm not willing to go or attend meetings until I know, until I know what it is. So, And I go, you can't fucking define it either because I want you to define it right now. He's like, I actually do not know what a symposium is. <laughs> and so I'm like, we have, there are three people in that room with college educations that got, we are close on the, on the yeah. actual definition. But don't fucking throw weird ass meeting lingo out. And don't expect to be called on their symposium, pal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I had a similar thing happen to me the first time I worked on a staff in the Army. <clears throat> I was oh, in yeah, the, yeah. the Ranger Regiment, Regimental Staff. What's the difference between lunch and a luncheon? Mm. Yeah, I had a whole fucking blow up about that because the little AS3 guy, some random captain waiting for his company, like, yeah, uh, working luncheon. I was like... What the fuck is this stupid word luncheon? Just write lunch. Well, it's a luncheon. What's the difference? Uh, I don't. Uh, it's what is a luncheon? The it's more. I don't know. A luncheon, I would say, is, is a working lunch. I would say it's formal word for working lunch, but you could also just say working lunch. Yeah, that was my whole thing with symposium. You could just say meeting. Sync meeting. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. common words. For common people, I think are important. And when you're trying to dress those up, at this point, I, I, somebody was correcting me. I think this is pretty funny too. Somebody was correcting me on on Instagram for my usage of something. Was it cuck? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a Manchurian Democrat cuck. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember what it was. I was like, I was like, uh, oh. It was Lucas. So Lucas and I, I, I posted this picture of Lucas O'Hare, Grizzly Forge guy, who's like, <laughs> he's six foot eight and I'm five yeah, foot so seven. So I had a stepladder to order food and he was just ordering it because he's oh, quite literally yeah. 13 inches taller than I am. Yeah. And I was like, Lucas and I ordering lunch. And he's like, that's not the proper, you know, you have to use, you know, Lucas and me. And I'm like, listen, dude. I'm not fucking checking my grammar on Instagram. Yeah. And just so you know, and just so you know, I say fuck and dude quite literally every other word. And it hasn't inhibited me so far. I'm doing okay. 
So mm-hmm. I can convey my point, and more importantly, like I've been able to at this point, yeah, manage. Not we'll just take Black Rifle outside of this circumstance, but I mean, the complexities of even leading people on target using a foreign language or traveling internationally and like working in fucking 20 different countries and speaking three different languages. I got it. I don't even like the English language. I think it's fucking stupid. It's the worst one. Because it has too many ridiculous rules. It has their, their rules and their spelling are fundamentally just completely incoherent and kind of broken. It's fucking weird. How many theirs are there? And why do you need to, why do you need so many of them? <laughs> there are several. There are several. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. If you read the Lewis and Clark, uh, this is like like one of the examples. If you read the Lewis and Clark journals, Meriwether Lewis, as he was keeping journals, every other word is misspelled in that motherfucker. Like I was like a freshman or sophomore in college. I was like, these dudes are illiterate as fuck. (laughs) Can you imagine? I'll be able to get away with tons of shit in my life. Dude, well, imagine, (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest. If I had to send emails without the autocorrect spelling, (laughs) fucking people would just write back, what are you talking about? I'm like, clearly you can see what I'm talking about. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, no, I rely on that. If I had to handwrite, and I think the last time I wrote a letter, I had to pull up my fucking computer to find the spelling of a word to write it down by hand because I was afraid of looking like just a catastrophic idiot. Yeah. Which is what I am for clarity. <laughs> for but clarity. I did, yeah. So I don't, yeah. I'm not going to judge old Mr. Lewis too much because, yeah, my handwritten journal wouldn't be much better. Yeah. He didn't have a dictionary. It's not like, I mean, yeah. He might have, actually. I don't know. But if Thomas Jefferson and Meriwether Lewis and all these other guys, if they were having a hard time with the rules of the English language. Yeah. And everybody wants you to be perfect and everybody wants you to be perfect. If the rule is you have to be perfect, even as you're, you're posting in social media, which is the most throwaway form of communication you can have. Mm-hmm. There's unrealistic expectations applied everywhere. Like well, it goes back to like what we were talking about before. There are people out there that are just miserable fucks. Yeah. 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 And Those are called wanted- former officers. Yeah. And they just want to split the fuck. They just Often. want to split hairs on you. Like I've mm-hmm. all the time walking around people. I'll say something and be like, well, actually. And you're like, don't fucking split hairs on me. You know what yeah. the fuck I mean. Yeah. And if you don't know what I mean, you're a moron. I don't care what you're saying. And we're, do you typically lead that by saying, Derek, don't split hairs on me. Derek split hairs, splits hairs on me constantly. Yeah, constantly. I'm looking at you. Yeah, constantly. Big fucking producer, Derek. Letter of the law, not spirit of the law guy. Derek. Okay, so pull up. There he is. So pull up. Oh, wait. Oh, he's using a very offensive hand gesture. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's not okay. Yes, it's a very. So I found this dude on Instagram the other day. Which is the Andy's, dude? Andy's been. <laughs> Andy's <laughs> semi stupid. So semi stupid. So good. Is honestly one of the best Instagram yeah. pages I've ever seen. Oh, oh God. I his, guess. His, yellow, his Yellowstone, Yellowstone deleted, <laughs> deleted scenes, yeah. which I want us to cut to yeah. at this point. Yellowstone's deleted scenes. I'm going to pull this up because I've got to watch it right now because it's fucking... <laughs> I like the like one where Yellowstone deleted yeah. scenes. I'm going back to Denton, man, where all I got to do there is give HJs. Yeah, well, you know, that's all we need from you. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> Riff's been giving me spicy gringos left and right. And just this morning, I done woke up to every cowboy in a bunkhouse giving me a golden shower. And just the other night, you gave me a Milwaukee blizzard while Beth shot me with a BB gun. The other night won't happen again. That's what you said last time. All right, who's running this place, by the way? This is so unprofessional. I run it. 
Yeah? Well, you should change some things. You don't listen to nobody else. Head on back to the bunkhouse. <laughs> okay. But if I gotta do six more Nigerian hurricanes, I'm out of here. <laughs> Take me to the house. Making some changes. It's He's so, so good. good. It's so God. good. Like this dude. I just like got to Montana. One right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that favorite. one's the best. I gotta go. Some guy's calling me. Hey, what's going on? You cowboy. Suck somebody's dick for that hat. Uh, yeah, no, I sucked a dick for this hat. Uh, well, actually, two dicks. But what I did was I squished them together like this, so it was like I was just sucking one, you know? Now we're looking for a hand if you think you're one. Sure, yeah, I can give everybody hand jobs on the ranch. That ain't a problem. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Where you work at? Over in Denton. You're down in Texas. Yep. Yeah, so I go around all the farms and give the ranchers HJs, and sometimes I'll just play with their balls. And in exchange, they give me eggs and milk and stuff, so it's a pretty good deal. But hey, you want me to work for you, or what? Put your shit in the back. Well, all right, then. First day in Montana, First I already got a job. <laughs> so, this dude, I mean, honestly. That's why I love the internet. I fucking love the internet for this reason. Like, okay, so this is my other one. So, Derek, Derek, you got three to fucking... Much. Oh, no pogs, yeah. Huh? Oh, okay, so a bag of pogs. Have you seen this? Um, I do see a couple slammers in there, though, so that's going to jump the price up a bit. Uh, but I can give it to you for $4.01. Oh. Or you can pay another way. What way would that be? Well, first, you have to give me that candy bar wrapper you have. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And two, you have to give me a reach around. How about this? You flip a coin. If I win, you got to give me a reach around. If you win, I'll give you the pogs for dollar fifteen. All right. So, flip a coin. Call it. You want me to call it? All right, dude. I'll call it. You know what date is on this coin? No. Nineteen fifty-eight. <laughs> it's been traveling twenty-two years to get here, and now it's here, and it's either heads or tails. Damn. So that coin's destiny has been to travel for 22 years to get to this moment to decide whether or not you give me a reach around. That's crazy, man. Heads. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to turn around. Uh, just make sure I finish, all right? So, ready when you are. We got to find this motherfucker, dude. I got to... He hit me up. Oh, thank God. He hit me up. He hit thank me up God. on IG because, like, he was he was like, "Thanks for sharing" or whatever. Oh, like, bro, so I have been fucking dying. Like, yeah. so my wife, my wife knows that I'm completely stupid, right? She placates the fact that I'm a bit of an idiot or a full idiot. And so, <laughs> I've just been sending her his videos like yeah. every day for the constant, like, like a week straight, and she's like. She came down this morning. She was grabbing some coffee. She came down this morning, and I was watching it, just cry laughing in the. In the <laughs> I was cry laughing in the kitchen. She's like, "Are you watching that again?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's Fuck fucking. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's better every time you watch because it because it's the exact humor that we use all the time. Yeah. It's 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 just yeah. the exact humor that we use all the time." Which is also funny because this goes back to like all these conspiracy theorists, fucking wingnuts that are like, because a few years ago, this guy filed a lawsuit and I've talked about it before. He filed a lawsuit and because of my humor, 
but he his lawyer framed it up as like I was actually saying some of these weird ass things. I'm like, <laughs> it was funny at the time. I know <laughs> it didn't expect this business to be so big, but yeah, it was kind of funny, you know, like uh, you know, as you're like. Anyway, we've we made up, and he's he's actually he's he's been a friend of mine for years. But it's funny how his attorney, got, he, any attorney, because we live in such a litigious society, can take whatever we say and spin it into something else. They can spin anything. It's like if people had to read a transcript. Let's just say blind of the three of us hanging out no, in any God. office space for oh thirty God. minutes, and you had somebody monotone, just, just line by it. line by line, we would be we're fucked. We're totally fucked. Yeah. I was having a conversation this morning over Signal, like texting back because my buddy's in um, in Europe. And if you were to read that line by line by line, and you took it in its context or took it out completely out of context, I was like, yeah, uh, when we go to Vegas, I'll get a whore and we'll pretend that it was my wife. And we'll take <laughs> pictures of, of the three of us talking about, hey, it's great to see Evan's wife and everybody together. And and then he was like, yeah. But then I was like, but then we can have this three-way and we can send pictures of oh, this three-way to my wife about it was great to have you in this three-way. But then it would be weird because it would just be pictures of you and I with this chick standing in the corner cucking us in the chair. <laughs> that was the entire conversation. But it and it Screen was real. It was yeah, it was yeah. super funny <laughs> because I literally went to the Q course with this guy. Like he he was like twenty plus year SF guy, like when did a bunch of other stuff. He retired as a fucking CSM. And we were fucking laughing our asses off because this is the type of conversation you have. And I kept thinking about this. I'm like, it's so sad that we can't have funny interactions with people at this point where these are real conversations. I'm not going to pretend anymore like we don't have these conversations. We have these conversations all the time, and they're funny. They're fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And they don't get unfunny. I'm having the same conversation that I was having when I was 20 years old with my friends that are now 40, 45, 50 years old. They're funny. And I'm not going to stop like trying to have funny conversations with my friends because just because of, you know, public perception or people are just not going to like it. It's like, no, man, like, we're it's at, funny. We're at a place in the world right now, too, where the people that these things offend are not the people who are being offended. No. Right? Like, if you say, you know, pick your group of people to be offended, it's not them. No. It's the people that are like, that's not right. I need to defend these people. You mean people right. who are offended on their behalf? Yes. Yeah. I think it's 95% is, I don't know, people who just don't have enough struggle in their own life. So they decide to take on the 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 cause of like someone who they perceive to be being victimized by other people, which in itself is kind of a form of like discrimination to me. Like, yeah. like that group of people doesn't need you to defend them. They're grown adults. They can come in and defend themselves. And what if you're offended by that person's sensitivity? Is yeah, that exactly. a tie then? I have or their turned, fragility. Like you know, I have turned this before because I lived in New York City, followed by Los Angeles. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. So I really learned how to how to do how it. to navigate these yeah. waters. And if I were to ever say anything that offended someone, I'd 
I would just turn on and be like, well, I'm sorry that my life didn't afford me the privilege to learn how to talk fancy like you. <laughs> you know, I grew up I grew up in such a way that I wasn't afforded the opportunity to actually know these fancy ways of speaking yeah. that you do. <clears throat> and now that you've turned this on me, I feel very, very like how do marginalized. They Sometimes they really fall for it, hook, line, and yeah, sinker. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. But most of the time they'd be like, yeah, fuck you. You know yeah, what you yeah. said. You yeah, know? exactly. Well, and I, I had the fortunate or unfortunate circumstance of being raised by my father past the age of nine, which he's not the most politically correct person, nor is any other male representative in my family to begin with. They're all very manual labor, blue-collar loggers. So... I don't even have the capacity. I can. I can turn it on for really finite amounts of time. Like, I can turn it on, turn it off. Sure, like, you want me to be buttoned up and not use the F word? Got it. I can do that. I can jump on Fox News and do that piece, or I can come over and do something that's more, really much more familiar to me. And I think I'm way more comfortable just being myself, obviously, like, because I think all of us are. But this world, and what what I equate it to is, like, if you want me to pretend like Santa Claus is real, it's just not going to happen. Like, I'm, I'm not going to live in this world where you think that there's never any jokes that are put out there where people are going to be offended. Like, that's the, the nature of comedy, actually. You know, Brian Callen was sitting here the other day. And if you're going to be so offended by the noises that my... That, that are being made by air moving across things that are vibrating in my fucking head... I don't know what to do with you. Like, I really just don't. It's like there are, there are things that you can be upset and passionate about. And but the noises people are making, like, really? That's where we're at? Like, wow, talk about comfort. We have really made it as a country, as a society, where you can be so offended and that becomes, like, the thing that everybody's worried about. It's like, wow, you guys are so fat and happy at this point. You're just like quite literally worried about the most ridiculous items because we have all of our basic needs. And I don't want to say everybody does, but it's like, man. Yeah, I read a thing yesterday. I can't remember the exact verbiage of it, but it was like when social issues start to become solved, the people whose identity lies within combating those social issues will expand the problem Mm. in such a way to make it seem like nothing is getting better because Mm -hmm. that's their whole reason for being. So like take, you know, sexism, racism, any, any social issue, any ism, any ism and look at it. Like there are people right now who are like, racism is worse than ever. And like racism still exists. Yes. But it it is sure as fuck not worse than ever. Yeah. And it always will exist. It always will. Mm -hmm. But like to think that we are not, you know, getting better and there will be somebody on the Internet that's like easy for you to say as a white cis male. Like, but it's just it's true. Things are getting better. You know, like it, you can see it in all forms of media and in criminal justice system, all these things. They are getting better. And I think it does a disservice to not admit that they're getting better because otherwise we're just like lying to ourselves. Right. And there are people that are like, you know. Because, you know, there aren't enough pick a pick a group of people, you know, working at the front office at Taco Bell, like racism is fucking worse than ever or whatever. But. Well, it's like saying, like we were talking about this the other day. I was like, well, 
let's say you work in a very male dominant profession, right? So for instance, like we did, we did, it, that, that, we didn't build that system. We didn't build the system. Like we weren't like making the decisions. We were just working within the system. That's what we were doing. We weren't perpetuating anything. It's like, that's what we wanted to do. We weren't part of the problem. Like if you're a mission first guy in a mission first unit, and that's what you're doing for a profession, None of us are sitting here going, you know what, guys? What we need to do is we need to really incorporate more females into this profession. No, we're worried about doing the thing. We yeah. weren't worried about becoming a social justice warrior on top of the fact that we were just trying to conduct a mission and survive within the units that we were in. It's like that's what we that's what mattered. That's the other thing that I actually think the military for for all of its like you know, benefits and positive attributes and negative attributes. It's it actually in special operations. It, it does function very much like a meritocracy in a lot of ways where may the best idea prevail yep. and the person that has the most capability will win. Mm -hmm. And when you politicize that and you start to kind of like devalue work, that's when things start to degrade. And like, I, I've never seen it. Like, I mean, I don't know how many, you know, indigenous armies i guess i've either trained or been you know part of it's like i wasn't looking at guys going like man i don't know we need some more tall people out here uh, these filipinos like hey guys do you think we should bring in some japanese people to augment the filipino army that we're in like no dude it was like we're, they're all mm -hmm. filipinos like whether they're christian or muslim or whatever it was it was like these are filipinos or afghans like you had different people from different tribes all around from all around Afghanistan, and you were like looking at the guy's individual capabilities. You had nothing to do with anything else. It was like, what are you capable of accomplishing? Can you fit into this for mission accomplishment? Okay, your eyes are bad. Got it. Let's get you some glasses. Let's put you in a role that actually works. But I, I, I actually really cherish that. Some of the best people I've ever worked with. I was talking to this the other day. It's like the best spy I ever worked with was like a four foot seven female Filipino check that was awesome. Like she was head and shoulders above people because she could just outwork. She had the tenacity of a fucking lion and she was smarter than everybody. And it was like, but that was her job. Yeah. She was the best at her job doing the thing. Had nothing to do with anything else. It was like, she's the best. Bottom line. Had nothing yeah. to do with like some kind of like height requirement or genitalia requirement. Yeah. And that there are that, and that's, the soft community shows it. There are people from all fucking walks of life that go to that community and thrive in spite of them being a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Because you're allowed to work at, you know, the height of your genius or like your specific skill set will be put into a place where it's where it's needed rather than when you when you step back and you go to the bigger and bigger, bigger things, kind of like government as a whole. And it's like, Oh, you have a fucking pulse and we need someone in here who checks this block. Cool. There you go. You're a human manila envelope. There's nothing else <laughs> to you. You're just like a body filling a chair and that's what you do. And you're like, okay, well, whatever you put inside me, that's what I'm going to be. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it is. Well, Andy, I know you got to go. So, I'm just you don't? about what you guys are saying. I'm thinking about the soft community. I mean, I, again, I can only speak for the Navy side. We didn't care about how we were successful. We just cared about being success. That was the only metric we cared about. That was it. Right? Like, so uh, tactics, techniques, and procedures, they would change over time. They would evolve over time. And I think that 
focusing on only getting to the arrival point, the end state, is what made that organization so lethal. There's no conversation about like, we need to be more diverse just for diversity's sake. So we mm. only cared about success. I feel like the optic is, is shifting societally where now it's more important how you get to that success, mm -hmm. almost to the detriment of that success than being successful <laughs> itself. And it's on its head. And I don't know how to solve that, but it just seems in many ways to be the polar opposite of the world that we came from. Well, and it's actually counter business when you think about it, because within the, to be a successful business within a, this, you know, capitalistic structure, you're choosing the best person for the job, regardless of any of those, like, you know, race, sexual orientation, genitalia, you're, depending you're thriving. Your, depending on your uh, occupational field, I've talked with some people in the Hollywood space, which is mm -hmm. where Jericho comes from. It's where yeah, he got most of his mentorship and yeah. training. But there are literally mm -hmm. uh, like organizations and apps that you have to use mm -hmm. to prove that you are, in fact, allocating not only an amount of time, but an appropriate amount of resources to ensure diversity. Almost that is almost more important than the end state that you want to achieve at. Mm -hmm. I think it's a super dangerous place to get to. Mm -hmm. And diversity is awesome, and I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not against it. But if you had to, if you put a gun to my head and say you have a choice between being more diverse or being more successful, I'm, I'm going to go with I want, I want to achieve the goals that I have, and I'm not looking to step on people's heads. But I just think that's more important than how you get there. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I mean, but even having like, so I would go back to even having a diverse workplace, which sounds strange in its in itself is it directly enhances mission capability within the within business because what you're doing is you're having a diverse set of ideas mm -hmm. that are being brought to the table in order to solve a problem. So if we were all living within, you know, the like our subculture of former special operations guys, like you're going to only come up with X amount of tools based on we have similar backgrounds, mm -hmm. similar professional paths versus there's going to be people that are going to plug in with a different set of of tools in order to solve a problem. And those sometimes are the best when I say, like sometimes like that's where you get this flourishing background of ideas in order to solve this problem in the business, in, in business circumstances. And I mean, I, I think I've seen that over and over and over again in nine years. I'm, I'm like, if I would have stayed just within like green berets, yeah, we wouldn't be even close to where we are, right? It's like well, what opening makes the this green thing berets up. Or SOCOM or JSOC actually is a, they're only like in the Navy world, they're N3, right? We'd fall mm -hmm. in the N3 or J3 joint world. There's one through nine. It's all of those other eight N codes or J codes that actually work together that enable the N3 operator to go and do their job. Right. So what you're describing is exactly the same thing. Like, yeah, I, I think some of the worst plans ever. Like, imagine just getting a, a bunch of guys together and like, listen, here's your mission, but we're not going to give you any of the uh, meteorological conditions. <laughs> we're not going to give you, we're not going to tell you about your assets and what they're capable of. You fucking monkeys sitting here and come up with a plan. And we'd have an amazing tactical plan and it would go feel, fail in real life because we didn't leverage all the other end codes or J codes. Mm -hmm. So it's the same as a special operations yeah. world. It's just, again, all of those things were targeted towards the end state and not targeted towards let's part and parcel all of this up and make sure that everybody is equally represented. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that anybody should be, you know, stepped on for the success of others, but you're going to have to define what you want the end state to be. And do you want to get there as successfully 
and as efficiently as possible? Or do you want to waste your fucking life arguing about, you know, we don't have X number of people here, so therefore our plan can't be good, and it's obviously racist or sexist or ableist or fill in the blank. Right. Fill in the blank. Yeah. And by the way, you also have to design and implement your own rotary ring asset. Yeah, or hang. your infill asset. So, like, good luck, fellas. Like, hang letter. Have fun. And hang like, letter. Not everybody can be the one man either. You know what I mean? Like, you, there, it's not plug and play with just people. Like, yeah. there is there is that, like, dude with, you know, see-through skin that sits in a cubicle in the skiff and has been analyzing shit for, like, six years. I don't want to be that guy. No. no. And he doesn't want to be the one man. He doesn't want to be the number the one, one man, man through the door. <laughs> right? So does it's it? allowing no. people to... But you both need each other. You do. Yeah. 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 Like I need guys like Matt Best. He's got high cheekbones and beautiful hair. God, he's handsome. Yeah, he's a handsome devil. Like, yeah. that guy's got to be part of the media content. You know what I mean? Like, he's got to... If it was, like, deserted on a desert island and your choice would be, like, a woman or Matt Best, mm. as yeah. a straight man... Coin toss. We go back to that yeah. video. This coin yeah. has been traveling for 22 years to yeah. arrive. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, an over an hour of just total bullshit by. I feel like we actually mm-hmm. solved. I think we some did. Issues. Mm-hmm. I think we did. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Andy. See you, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo! Drum titties, boy.